0: This is the weekend edition
1: of The Core Report. Anshuman Magazine is the Chairman and CEO, India, Southeast Asia and Middle East and Africa for CB Richard Ellis, a company that was uh, set up in 1906 in San Francisco and has obviously come a long way since then. CBRE is a commercial real estate company. Anshuman is the co-chair also of the National Committee on Real Estate and Housing for the Confederation of Indian Industry or CII and also sits on the CIA's National Council. Anshoban, thank you so much for joining me. The objective of our conversation is to get a sense on a few things. One is what's happening in the broad commercial real estate market in India. What are the factors that are influencing its growth and expansion, both from outside in as well as uh, within the country? And within commercial estate, what are the kind of bigger trends that we're seeing? For example, is the retail sector relatively going faster than other sectors like hospitality, How is office leasing growing? What are the new trends post-COVID that we are seeing in 2023 as opposed to maybe even 2022? So this is the broad drift of the conversation. So Anshwan, let me ask you the first broader question. How are you seeing the market for commercial real estate right now? See, the market for uh,
0: commercial real estate is better than expected. We had a great year as a country in uh, office adoption last year. And I was expecting with all the global gloom and doom on the economy front, some of the Western markets slowing down, that there will be maybe some impact on India. But we are really fortunate that this year, the office market has been good. And although there is still one quarter left, and a lot of the space take-up happens in the last quarter, but where we are today, I'm hoping that the leasing which will take place by corporates this year would be close to what we did last year. Which is good news. Uh, Of course, we always talk about percentage increases. But coming from COVID times and whatever else is happening, if we do that, this will be a good year.
1: What is the total stock that we are at this point looking at in terms of real estate on offer, both for sale as well as for leasing in India? See, sale is a difficult one because sale is still limited.
0: And I'll come to that a bit later. But what we closely track is office and majority of the corporates do not buy. They rent space because most of the companies want to be asset light. Sale is happening at a reach level now. I'll talk about that a bit later. But if you look at leasing last year, about 55-56 million square feet of space was taken up. This year, again, we're keeping our fingers crossed that if we can be close to that, that itself will be an achievement because everywhere else globally, the office market has slowed down for obvious reasons, which we can discuss. So we are hoping about 50 million plus will be leased this year. And if that happens, uh, it will be one of the highest leasing or absorption of office space globally. And I think there's a good chance that that would happen.
1: So what's the stock available versus uh, what has been leased at this point of time? Obviously, fresh stock is getting added all the time. But if you were to look at it today, What is the absorption or the utilization versus what is on offer? See, if
0: we look at the supply you're talking about, every year in India, anywhere from 40 to 45 million square feet of new office space is being added on. And that is, you know, increasing the entire office supply we had. There was a time where India's entire office supply was very small. Today, you ask uh, a good question, what is the relevant supply where corporates are taking space? it is close to about 800 million square feet, which if you look at from one perspective, Tokyo and greater Tokyo has a billion square feet of office space. We as an entire country of 1.4 billion people still have 800 million. So one end, if you compare it to even Tokyo and, you know, one city of the greater Tokyo of a relatively small country, we are still less. But if you take it from other angle where we were some years back, it's a big, big jump in the space. And a lot of this has come in last five, seven years. Before that, the market was less than half the size. So that is the supply. And the supply still continues because what has happened in the market, the two things, why there is still construction happening in the office space. One is, of course, demand. India is still, I would say, number one offshoring destination globally, especially for the US. And India has got the track record of delivering quality services at a competitive cost so all the large multinationals as you know do their offshoring what is also added since last few years the GCCs which are opening up in India again there's a lot of confidence in India and they are expanding so the demand is uh, good and the other is that for the investors REIT structure has provided the exit which wasn't there before so that's why you see large financial institutions like Blackstone Brookfield GIC are putting money in the real estate market and the office market because they can put a REIT structure and get an exit as well as you know their professional way of managing the asset so these two are encouraging the supply of space and that's why we see 40 45 million plus square feet of new supply coming in which is also kind of rare in these
1: times anywhere else Right. And that the Tokyo contrast is quite interesting, Anshuman, uh, It does put things in perspective in some ways. Let me address a slightly larger trend. Uh, and, and you did mention international markets. The United States, for example, I was just looking at a report which said that projections are quite despondent, to put it mildly. And there's actually some predictions about a crash in commercial real estate in the United States. Now, part of that, I would imagine, is being driven by the way people are working. How is that different here? And what are the factors that's driving let's say, expansion or absorption in India versus other countries? That's a
0: very relevant question because one of the struggles which corporates are facing, especially in the U.S., is to get people back to work. And in spite of everything else, people are really not coming back to work. I think two years of COVID has really changed the whole mindset of employees as well as expectations, and that is uh, having an impact on the office space. So not only the economies are slowing down, but also employees are not coming back to work. And that is causing the vacancy. Europe next to it is slightly better. But again, similarly, depending on different countries, generally speaking, employees are not coming back to work as they should. The only area or the globally where there are employees coming back, at a, you know, and in some countries at pre-COVID levels like India, is Asia. In India also, leaving some of the exceptions, maybe some IT firms, in most of the corporates, we are back at the pre-COVID levels as far as the occupancy is concerned. So no doubt the office space impact in the West is also because they are struggling to get people back to work. And the entire lifestyle question, work-life balance is in the forefront. We'll have to watch the space. Will they improve the occupancy office space going forward? We will know hopefully by next year because the question is will the power shift from employee to employers or will it still remain with the employees i think that question will be answered why i'm saying by next six months 12 months because that has quite a bit to do with how the economies are going to uh, fare especially in the west
1: yeah and and it's an interesting tension point between the two i mean in india for example more companies are now pushing particularly the big it companies are now pushing or inching towards five-day weeks, having moved to three-day weeks earlier. So let me come a little out of commercial real estate as in housing. What are the other sectors that you're tracking, Anshuman? I mean, within uh, overall commercial real estate, and what are the areas where you're seeing uh, either trends or interesting developments? Well, where there is a lot of activities, industrial and logistics, we're
0: seeing a lot happening in the logistics side. Almost 80, 19 million square feet of new spaces expected to come in three years. And the trigger point was COVID. It triggered that e-commerce activity, all the supply coming in warehousing and in logistics. E-commerce still remains important. However, what is helping the demand also is increase in manufacturing, increase in retail. And of course, you know, now the entire supply chain management has changed, especially after COVID. Inventory management has become even to the next level where it has become more efficient. And also deliveries, thanks to e-commerce, after COVID, people want shorter time of delivery and closer to where the consumption is. So all that has led to logistics being one of the, I would say, fastest growing sectors in real estate right now. And I think this trend will continue for some time because, again, if you look at the size of our country, we are undersupplied. Although in one end, you can look at these millions and millions of square feet, which is coming in, which is unprecedented. And sometimes people think that this is a lot. But then again, compared to our size, we are undersupplied. So I do see that trend continuing for some time in the logistics and industrial sector. And again, the institutions who are big players there now. So that does help in larger investments and, you know, at least, you know, money being there for construction uh, and better quality of delivery of space. The other area, of course, is retail, which, as you know, during COVID struggled the most but we have seen a recovery since last year aspiration levels increase as consumption or per capita income is slowly increasing there is activity in retail of course there are certain segments within retail which are more active than others for example f&b entertainment there is more activity in other fields but overall retail is showing activity there are two trends i can think of on top of my hat and it's uh, and both are important one is the retailers are expanding to tier two, tier three towns. I think whatever the growth numbers you're seeing in retail right now, one major contributor is that uh, retailers are going to tier two, tier three towns. And the reason, of course, is that, you know, if they need to scale up, th- they need to do it, go to tier two and three towns. Second is income levels have improved in these towns and aspiration levels, of course. And third is for retailers, again, they may be lower volume of sales, but there are higher margins because of the cost being less. So that's a clear trend. And again, like I mentioned, the growth we've seen since last year or a couple of years in retail is thanks to that trend of going to tier two, tier three towns. The second is that there are more international players not looking at retail in India than they did in the past as the consumption improves. And I just thought of one third trend, which is that the Indian retailers are expanding. So, in the past, we had not seen the Indian retailers being as aggressive as they are now in expansion. So, all of these three trends put together, there is activity. Although I must say it can be
1: better, but still, post COVID, there has been a good recovery in retail. You talked about two or three things in the context of retail. So, first question is you said international firms who are moving more directly to tier two. Can you give us some examples of this? And also, you said Indian retail is expanding. So, I'm I'm assuming. You mean companies like Jio or Reliance or Jio Retail or unless you're referring to someone else. And what's the pace of that at this point of time? Yeah, so it's not the
0: international uh, retailers are directly going to, sorry, just to, uh, to think they are here, that they are coming into India and a lot of them who are based in the tier one cities are now looking at tier two cities because they first, of course, picked one place, right? But when you talked about the Indian retailers, no doubt this is Reliance is a big player. Tata is a big player. We see Birla. So all the top corporates are there uh, who are expanding. And then some of the developers who are, who are into retail, there are few of them besides. Reliance is one of the biggest. But if you look at some of the other players who have taken franchises for four or five different international brands, they're expanding. Technically, they're domestic players. But I would say Indian brands would be people like Reliance and the Tatas and the Birlas of this world who are uh, expanding. And there are many others. These are the top. The cup Group also. So
1: yeah, these are all uh, expanding in India, right? And and you mentioned FNB. So were you referring to restaurants specifically? And if so, what sub trends are you seeing? Or does your portfolio also include working with hospitality, as in chains, hotel chains? Because that's an area where we are clearly seeing a lot of investment. So no doubt, FNB,
0: as the younger generation likes to go out, entertainment has become important. Work-life balance, post-COVID. This whole trend of going out for entertainment and food and etc. has increased. So certainly f restaurants, microbreweries, all of this is a big trend. And more and more, you would see from food courts to high-end restaurants to mid-end restaurants, there's a big, big jump. And uh, as you would notice now, several years back, even on a high-end, you had to go to five-star hotels. Not the case anymore. There's so many new restaurants opening, chefs, etc. I've never seen that before. So f and is uh, certainly one big trend. I also mentioned entertainment. And entertainment is not only uh, multiplexes and movies, but these are gaming parlors, etc., which again we are seeing quite a bit of trend where people want to go out and is part of entertainment and that new players who are coming in. So you mentioned hotels. Hotels, definitely since last four or five years, this year we have seen quite a bit of inquiries, interest in Indian hotels. For obvious reasons, because the occupancy levels have gone up and in India, the hotels are doing well. So there is an expansion happening in hotels. We are finally seeing more interest, but there are challenges in India. It's not easy to trade in hotels in India. So a lot of hotel expansion is greenfield, where people are looking at land and doing development. There are, of course, a lot of interest from international operators who will come in. And as you know, the obvious names who have expanded but companies like Taj also have been expanding quite a bit. The domestic players are quite active in India. I think at least for next two, three years, there will be quite a bit of activity in the hotel rooms. But if you look at the actual, uh, and I sorry, don't have the exact number right now, but if you look at the number of rooms which are added, relatively small. So the interest has improved. I feel that in next two, three, four years, there'll be a lot of new rooms which will be added. But Same, if you look at our population and our size, the number of rooms which we are adding now is still low compared to the size of our country, but it is going to accelerate going forward because the demand is quite robust.
1: Let me ask you a more sort of business question now, Anshuman. So you talked about commercial real estate and leasing. You talked about uh, logistics and uh, industrial premises. You've talked about F&B retail and of course now hospitality. Between all of this, what's the sector that sort of, in a way, is tracking the economy in growth and what's perhaps maybe moving in a slightly different direction?
0: So, first of all, if again, coming to the office, the, the big demand still comes from offshoring, outsourcing, and we are seeing financial services being the most active and the financial services, not only banking, but all other financial services you can think of, which is happening. I, I would say that is the most active right now we are also seeing activity in the pharma sector. Again, the scale is small, but increasing. I think life sciences and pharma are two areas which are going to be very active going forward. For example, a lot of the international firms are setting up their labs here, again, at a relatively small level, but uh, has the potential to grow at a higher speed. So yeah, life sciences, Uh, pharma, healthcare, and financial services, these two come to my mind immediately.
1: Right. So let me bring another aspect to this, the ESG mandate. As I understood, almost 30% of new stock is ESG compliant one way or the other or LEED certified. First of all, is that a correct number and what trends there and what's the kind of investment that's going in to make these new buildings or new premises more ESG friendly or rather what are companies asking for? first of all uh, esg
0: certainly is in the forefront and we are seeing more and more developments which are coming in our esg so called esg compliant and the reason for that is because the occupiers in india especially for office space as majority of them are large multinational companies they are more conscious but even the indian companies now are not behind overall because a global legislation indian legislation awareness and occupiers demanding ESG compliance has led to most of the developments which are coming in are doing something the other with being a green building or being ESG compliant and this trend is increasing in fact add that statistics that I think more than almost 60 percent of the new construction which is happening is going to be ESG compliant in some form the other which is a big number And this clearly shows that there's push both from the demand side as well as legislation. And it's just awareness all put together is pushing developers to be more ESG compliant. And this trend is here to stay. It's only going to increase. You asked another question, investment, very difficult to put an investment number. But no doubt, more and more companies today and developers are following this. There's no, literally no choice. And sometimes when we are comparing buildings for a large occupiers, certainly this is on forefront. When you're ticking the box, the ESG box is really, really important. People want to reduce their carbon footprint. And almost every company is committed to get net zero, including us, CBRE, by 2000, uh, the, whatever, everybody has got dates till 2047 to be net zero. So that's really making a big difference. And I think in India even compared to many other countries in Asia, we are, I would say, more proactive in this area than I see in some of the other countries.
1: Anshuman, if I were to go back to a point that you made earlier, and this is now really about the future, near or distant. You said Tokyo, as one city, uh, is about a billion square feet and India is about 800 million square feet for the whole country, roughly, for commercial real estate. Now, if we had to say that the opportunity, let's say, in India is at least 800 million square feet across four cities, or if not five cities, what would it take to get there? For example, a Mumbai, can it go to 800 million square feet? Can a Delhi, uh, Hyderabad, Bangalore, Chennai? I think very difficult. So the largest office market
0: in India is Bangalore, which has crossed 200 million square feet, with more than that. I think that's a stretch, to be honest. We do not have that kind of a demand and scale. I'm waiting for India to touch 1 billion. That itself will be... An achievement. And like I mentioned earlier, sometimes in India we overstate things. So comparing this sort of tells us where we are still in the global perspective. But I also mentioned the flip side was 30 years back, the entire office supply in India, the corporate gate was about 35, 36 million square feet. I actually started at that time in real estate. So for me, going from 35 to 800 million itself is a big achievement.
1: But just to keep our feet to the ground, it's good to compare that, look, we still have a long way to go. Right. So you're saying that to imagine, let's say, a Mumbai having 800 million or Delhi, because obviously we, we know what these cities are like and how they're built out. It's something tough to imagine and therefore no point projecting uh, right now. One of the ways is that we'll have to
0: enhance our infrastructure significantly in these uh, cities because anywhere else in the world, unfortunately, does not happen as much in India. Before you build an office building, you have to do a traffic study, for example. The developer is supposed to submit a traffic study and say, look, if you bring in this 40,0, 200,000 square foot building, what will it do to ex- existing traffic? And then you have to do environment studies, this and that. Now, India, that does not happen. We already are, cities are fairly congested. So you have to really enhance the infrastructure and we have to go vertical. So if we do these two things, of course, you need demand, but if we can get the infrastructure and go vertical, no doubt Bangalore and Mumbai have the potential to go up significantly as far as the office supply is concerned.
1: Okay, so Anshuman, we've touched upon four or five areas. You've talked about commercial and office real estate, which is growing, which has potential, but not as much as perhaps we would think when we compare to first world countries like you you mentioned Japan and Tokyo. You've talked about the growth in the industrial and logistics space, where for various reasons, again, things are moving along quite well. You've also talked about retail, FNB, hospitality, again, growing very well, but those are obviously more services as opposed to, let's say, uh, the industrial side of things. Now, my question is, you know, as we look ahead, you know, India is projecting to become a 5 trillion economy in a few years, 10 trillion later, and so on. Which of these is going to really contribute to that bigger growth number or bigger India growth effort, so to speak? Uh, services sector will of course
0: continue to be the main contributor and that's why i feel uh, you know both the, all the commercial releases site will be big however one trend we touched upon is manufacturing i still feel if we have to really have a proper growth we cannot do without manufacturing the good news is that finally after so many years we are seeing activity in the manufacturing sector And this is only going to increase as consumption increases. But still, I feel the pace is not as much as it should be. China plus one, everybody talks about it. I also look after some of the other Asian countries like Vietnam, Thailand. And when I look at the numbers, Vietnam is actually, and Thailand and Cambodia, of course, the three countries in particular, are getting the maximum benefit of China plus one. And I just hope that, uh, you know, we can sort of push and accelerate more to get that manufacturing bit in india again definitely there's been improvement there's been progress and we clearly see on the ground more manufacturing companies looking at india than they have in the past the good news is the trend is started and i think it should accelerate especially if the per capita income improves so manufacturing will be a major contributor no doubt but certainly the services side is it important and some of the other smaller things will add up for example data centers are going to be important the residential will continue to expand of course there are always trends of uh, residential slowing down and coming up but residential is still the largest segment of the real estate market that whole construction in residential has a multiplier impact on the economy uh, and i feel that uh, if the interest rates don't move too much and if the economy remains stable the residential market will be a major contributor to the economy
1: This was the core report with me, Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at the core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter at www.thecore.in, that is, www.thecore.in, or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Now, we would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant to you, including our reporting on India's vibrant manufacturing sector. Write to us at feedback at thecore.in. Thank you for listening.